the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in, in what part of the country? <laughs> Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. Welcome to the Jewish Hour. I'm your host, Herschel Finn. We've got a great show for you today. In this half hour of the show, we'll be interviewing author Sarah Blau, who's written a book called Thought Streams, Meditation for Jewish Women. This is a really cool book. Second half hour of the show, we'll be featuring some insights into the portion of Nitzavim can be found in the book of Deuteronomy. Chapter 27, and Nitzavim always means that Rosh Hashanah is like right away <laughs> right coming up and indeed that's of him is going to be in next week's uh, it's never it's never seems it's just like comes and then there it is and then we can't stop time we have wonderful jewish music throughout the show an amazing hasidic story at the end before we do anything else let's go right to the news <laughs> Our lead-off story is a real tragedy. A 33-year-old Israeli and an Arab truck driver were arguing over, like, I think a parking space in the city of Beit Shemesh. The Israeli was killed by the Arab who drove over him. The Israeli was a father of 10. He died instantly. An Israeli soldier and two Palestinian gunmen were killed in a gun battle in central Israel. The two terrorists snuck over the border fence and opened fire on the soldiers. Soldiers returned fire, killing them. An Israeli teen was injured by gunfire in Carneal. Police are looking for the attacker. A Jewish and outside Israel, a Jewish man was brutally assaulted on a Berlin subway only days after a rabbi was assaulted near a Berlin train station. I wonder if they're connected. 
And finally, some good news. Former Israeli spy Jonathan Pollard is engaged to Rivka Dunan, a widow and mother of seven from the Chabad community and Jerusalem. This will be Jonathan Pollard's third wife. You go there, John. And that's the news. Why go to a hospital to get healthy? At Encompass Healthcare, you get the state-of-the-art wound care like in a hospital. The same medicines, the same everything without being in a hospital. Why put yourself at risk of getting a hospital-borne infection? Did you know that last year, one in six people died in America because of infections they got in hospitals? Encompass Healthcare is an outpatient facility. That means you get your wound care treatment and then go home. There are no wait times at Encompass Healthcare like in ERs. Healthcare is personal and works better, faster, and easier. Encompass Healthcare provides a state-of-the-art outpatient facility close to where you live. Call 248-624-9800. That's 624-9800. Auto accident, workman's comp, and most insurances accepted. Encompass Healthcare's goal is to get you healthy with as little disturbance to your daily activities. Call 248-624-9800. Herschel Finman here. You're listening to The Jewish Hour. We have on the line author Sarah Blau, who's written a book called Thought Streams, Meditations for Jewish Women. How are you today, Sarah? I'm good. Honored to be here. Thank God. It's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. Okay. So thought streams, meditation. So thinking meditation. So a lot of people don't think that Jews meditate. So let's talk about that part first. What do you mean when you say meditations for Jewish women? Yeah, so it's interesting. Meditation has this connotation of Middle Eastern or separating from the world. But when I use the word meditation, um, what I use it to mean conscious thinking to meditate on something. If you look at the translation on Google even, meditation is thinking about something at length, um, often used for religious purposes, even though not to the, you know, it's not always religious, but for me meditation is instead of just letting my mind wander and get stuck in a negative loop or think of complaints or how things are not going well, I want to have something to meditate on. I want to have a one-liner. I want to have something positive that will be on repeat, you know, which song is going to be on repeat. So that meditation is, you know, I'm walking to school on this crisp morning, the weather's beautiful, and I want my mind to be full of conscious thoughts that are going to inspire me and inject positivity into my life. Okay. So now, you're calling it Meditations for Women. Did you discount 50% of the world's population, Sarah? <laughs> meaning, meaning not for men? Um. You know, I'm sure men could read this book, and, and there will be a lot that can be inspiring to them. But I did feel that there was a need for um, a book specifically for women. And I actually based it a lot on talks that the Lubavitcher Rebbe spoke to women, because I, as a woman, have a unique role. And I do find um, certain mitzvot that apply to me, and I wanted to find more meaning. And that's really where this book came from, because when I got married, I was young, and I felt this, like, jolt. Here I was going from just being independent and doing what I wanted to having the responsibility of running the Jewish home. And a lot of it felt very physical, very mundane, you know, preparing food for Shabbat or, you know, a lot of it was very, very almost, like, unstimulating. And I said, I need to make sure that my mind is intellectually stimulated, that I'm inspired. And I found something very interesting, that 
when I was just doing physical tasks, I craved the spirituality. And when I started learning the spirituality, it sent me right back into the physical tasks. Go do a mitzvah. Go cook food for someone who just had a baby, who's sick. And I found that it was a beautiful cycle because when I'm only stuck in the physicality, my soul and my mind misses the spirituality. And yet, when I meditate and I learn what spirituality and the Torah has to say and what Judaism has to say, it sends me right back into doing another physical good deed, whether it's for my family or for anyone in the community or the people around me. Another mitzvah. Okay, are you talking about, say, sort of like the concept of making or trying to make the mundane act an act of holiness? I'll give you for example, like I have to tell myself when someone doesn't come to Jewish Ferndale who's supposed to be cleaning up and it's lazy, the, the uh, responsibility then falls on me and I have to clean up, or then I'm thinking, well, I'm doing something spiritual and making sure that the Chabad house is clean. Is, it, is that what kind of what you're talking about? Absolutely. Absolutely. In other words, you know, one of the pieces in my book, um, it's on page 60. If you buy the book, Thought Streams, you can find it for yourself. Where I found this, it, it highlighted this idea so beautifully for me that it was about learning that all the missives that we're doing are there to elevate the very physical tasks. And I'm just going to read these two lines. All humans need food, reproduction, and shelter. I, as a woman, can take those three basic needs and elevate them by introducing the three mitzvot of kosher, which elevates food, family purity, which elevates reproduction and intimacy, and Shabbat candles, which elevates a home. Now, it's not to say that I am the one who has to clean my house all day. I can hire help. My husband pitches in. That's not what it's about. It's, you know, it's not, um, you know, you have to, like you said. But if a situation comes up and you are, know that, yes, you know that the priests in the temple also had to clean up after their avoda, after their service in the temple. It is. It's, it's inserting a spiritual mission and purpose in our day-to-day lives. Okay. Our guest today is Sarah Blau, who's written a book called Thought Streams, Meditations for Jewish Women. Why did you think it was necessary, really, Sarah, to, to write this? There's lots of, in other words, there's lots of self-help books out there. So, what's what's the uh, the angle or the the hook that ThoughtStream has? So there are lots of meditation books, but not a lot of Jewish meditation books. And I really felt that that was like a gap in the literature that I really wanted to fill because there's a lot of beautiful daily meditations on spirituality, on on on, on growth, on working as a person, on on you know. Recovery. I mean, there's a lot of different topics, but I, as a Jewish woman in particular, wanted a book that had short little tidbits. You know, Chabadador, when they wrote up about this book, they said that the same way women carry things in their purse, you know, here's a book for them in their purse. I felt like I needed easy, short, and powerful and potent meditations. And that's what this book is about, going through different things, whether it's parenting, marriage, mental health. You know, Jewish women in the Bible, Jewish Chabad rabbis today, short and powerful meditation. You could read one a day. You could, you know, keep it on your nightstand. You could keep it in your purse. You could, wherever it is, I, as a Jewish woman, felt like I wanted something that I could take with me to inspire me on a day-to-day basis. Uh-huh. You mentioned um, meditations. You mentioned Chabad.org. And I'm reminded that Svi Freeman, who works for Chabad.org, wrote a book called 365 Meditations, 
Was any of his work uh, inspirational to you or gave you ideas for your meditations? Absolutely. In other words, not in a specific meditation, but the concept. I loved his book growing up. Absolutely. I adored it. Um, and I felt like there was room in a niche for women to have their own book. Um, it's actually my second book that I published. The first book that I published is called Close to You. And it's a similar concept, um, but it's based on one specific book, the Tanya. And it's a Jewish spiritual meditation book where it's also bite-sized. It's also small. And it's a similar idea that our mind is always working. And sometimes we get stuck. We're human. We get stuck thinking about our stresses and worries and how we're going to pay the mortgage or if somebody offended us or our hurts and resentments. And it is such a freeing ability to consciously insert and choose what I'm going to let my mind wander and think about rather than let it meditate on its own and sit um, in something that's not helpful to me. So to me, this is about inspiring myself so that I can go ahead and do whatever it is as a Jewish woman, as a mother, as a wife, and in my work. You know, I work 22, thank God. And these messages keep me tethered, you know, the spiritual to the physical. Oh, okay. Thank you for clearing that. Okay. So in the book, there are, you can probably tell me exactly how many, I'm just looking at the table of contents without counting them, maybe 75 to 100 short ideas, meditations. The whole book itself is just over 200 pages long. How did you decide what needed, what subject needed to be covered, Sarah Blow? So, um, Basically, I followed along with a Hebrew book, which is a compilation of talks that the Lubavitcher Rebbe said to Jewish women throughout the years. So I definitely um, based it off of that. And I also based a lot on my life, what was going on. So, you know, the challenges that I was facing with raising my little kids or, you know, with parenting or with being happy, you know, I was looking for inspiration. So I definitely based it on the talks that the Rebbe said, um, but I connected it and really wanted to make it relevant to me. And I actually started writing it 10 years ago. Probably if I wrote, you know, version two today, I've evolved and my pieces will evolve because Torah is like a living, living teaching. Mm -hmm. So as my life changes and I have, you know, my kids get older. There's no section here on teenagers yet. You know what I mean? So as I grow, I wanted to find things to inspire me. Uh-huh. Just, you, you don't have teenagers yet. Just wait. So I was in a doctor's <laughs> office. Exactly. <laughs> I was in a doctor's office this week, and they said, have you ever had any problems with mental illness? And I said, yes, they're called teenagers. So, <laughs> so does that indicate that you have a volume two of thought streams in the, uh, at least in the, uh, the planning, the outline stages, Sarah, Sarah Blum? I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. You know, I'm constantly writing. Um, so I haven't started writing thoughts yet. I'm currently actually writing a book on prayer. Again, aimed and targeted for Jewish women. Um, and, you know, I hope for that to come out and then we'll get back to thought streams. It's constantly, I look at it as, as my journey. I'm sharing my journey, my spiritual journey, because as, you know, sometimes when we have so many responsibilities, we forget to nourish ourselves. And I know today people are very into self-care. And I find that 
we also have to remember to have soul care. My soul is hungry and my soul is thirsty. I need to wake up and have meaning so that the rest of my day is infused with a passion. We need passionate Judaism. And women need it just as much as men. <laughs> and as a woman, I, I write from a uniquely female perspective. Um, it's interesting because my book, Close to You, which I wrote for women, somebody ordered for Bar Mitzvah, like 75 copies of it. So I hear that the men are reading it also. But, you know, I, I do still think it wise to have a target audience and to be transparent about my perspective. And then obviously anyone that reads from it can gain from it as well. Okay, interesting. So describe to us on the process. Um, how did you come up? How would, did you write a chapter just in general, like uh, from beginning mm -hmm. to like idea, seminal idea to finished chapter? Guide us through it, please, uh, Sarah. Okay. So first of all, like, first how, did you, how did you choose that to write that? What was your inspiration that you suddenly said, I'm going to write about this? So, and then <laughs> go ahead. So first of all, I didn't write it chapter by chapter. I wrote it piece by piece, and then I organized the chapters, which means I, I didn't have the full map at the beginning. Mm -hmm. I'm very much like a piece-by-piece piece person. You know, I love to paint also. So I painted the olive bays, but each one of the olive bays or olive bet, I painted over a course of a few years, and I painted each letter separately, and then I pieced it all together. So I did something similar here. I wrote piece by piece. I actually submitted them to Chabad.org as an individual mm -hmm. article before it was published as a book. Over 100, like you said, there's 102 pieces here. And article by article over the course of a few years. And then I sat down and organized it as a manuscript. And I said, oh, these are about parenting. These are about marriage. These are about, you know, Jewish women, et cetera. Really, um, I find that many of the projects I've done over the past few years, people are like, how do you find the time for it? I'm like, my mantra is bit by bit one by one. I learn something small. I write about it. I submit it. And then after a few years, there's a vast collection and I could publish it enough to be a book. Okay. Understood. Would you call it basically you're, you're um, expanding on your journaling, Sarah Blau? Yeah. You know, I'm, it's interesting that you said that. Um, in a certain way, it is journaling. Yeah. Because I'm sharing my personal processing of these holy words. I'm not just translating. This isn't word for word translation. This is process. Okay. Now, so you said that you, uh, each article, 102 different chapters were submitted separately on Chabad.org. That means, um, I don't want to tell people that they don't have to go write the book. They can just type in Sarah Blau into Chabad.org and all, <laughs> 100, all 102 articles will appear. Is that probably true? But um, yes. Yes. books books are better to have, especially if you want to do it on like a Shabbos afternoon or you're like exactly. in, a super, you're in a supermarket and you got to quickly take this out of your pocket, your purse and whatever. But okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, it even says it in the book. I am very open about that, but people enjoy having a compilation, a book. It also has a very pretty cover that I've gotten a lot of compliments on. People enjoy having it on their shelf or lying around. And believe it or not, we're on our screens enough. We're on our phones all day. Like mm -hmm. people just want to break from it sometimes. Like you said, whether it's Shabbos or during the week, there's nothing like a actual physical book with no distractions to sit and read and enjoy. Okay. Have you, on, and appearing on, there's a lot, of, there's a space on Chabad.org every time after every article, mm -hmm. every page, there's a post your comments 
page. I'm sure that you have seen every comment posted about all 102 articles because that's human nature mm-hmm. and that's like what everybody would do. Any th- comments stand out, Sarah Blau? Um, that's a great question. I actually get an email notification every time there's a comment. So I definitely see all of them because Chabad.org gives me the opportunity to respond. And sometimes people respond with questions. Sometimes people respond just with comments. Um, I found that people are very, very generous with sharing when a piece impacts them. And when I wrote about pregnancy loss and when I had a stillborn and how I learned how to, you know, learned that nothing is random and how it was more comforting for me to recognize that there is a God and there's a reason for it, even if I don't understand it, than thinking, oh, it's just random. Um, people share that it inspires and people share it with each other, even not as a comment physically on Chabad.org. Countless people have emailed me separately telling me that when they went through something similar, they felt less alone because I wrote publicly about my pregnancy losses. So that feedback has been very, you know, very inspiring to me to keep writing. People want to hear real human experiences through the light and lens of Torah and Hasidah. Mm-hmm. Our guest again today is Sarah Blau. She's written a book called Thought Streams, Meditation for Jewish Women. Um, again, the word, I want to emphasize on your subtitle, Jewish. Probably about two-thirds of our listening audience is not Jewish. So could you please then make your book relative to the non-Jewish listening world of the Jewish Hour, please? Um, can you explain the question? I'm not sure I understand it, the question. Is, is thought streams relevant for non-Jews? Oh, is, is thought streams relevant for non-Jews? Thank you. So there are definitely many universal elements in it. Um, I think that some of them would be specific towards Jewish, just because, you know, someone who's let's say Torah observant, etc. Um, but there are many that are totally universal, universal themes about, you know, how our children are not impacted or influenced in a positive way when we yell at them, or the idea of accepting our spouses, even if they're imperfect. You know, I have a piece about that, a few pieces on marriage, a few pieces on mental health. And those are universal themes that when... Um, you know, let's say I'll, I'll touch on each separately, the idea of yelling at our kids. So obviously, all of us sometimes get triggered. But the idea of focusing and meditating on an intention of speaking quietly and gently, and each one of my children are precious and alone to me, as one of the pieces says, this is it's universal, that we think when we lose it and give a good lashing, that's when we're teaching the kid a lesson, when in fact exactly the opposite when we share stories and we are carefully articulate they respect us more or like i mentioned the marriage piece we can easily get frustrated when we're living with someone and they're different from us and the teachings of the rebbe in that piece are like well no one's perfect you know the importance of accepting people fully even with their flaws that's a very universal meditation that will help anyone in any marriage we always try to change other people. And we want, rather than putting in the work to accept people for who they are, we're busy trying to change other people and it doesn't even work. So I think that Jewish wisdom has a lot to teach people, all mankind, all these, you know, universal values that are really helpful for all of us that are in relationships or that are raising children. 
Okay, thank you for that. Um, I'm, I'm very sorry that you uh, you mentioned before that you had a stillborn, and I'm very sorry that you went through that, and no one should ever know from such things. But to be able to write about it, tell me, how were you able to compose yourself to actually put it ink on paper? That's a good question. Um, I think the same way in art, you know, I'll go back to art for a second, an artist expresses their feelings through painting. As a writer, I, that's how I got with it, through writing. It helped me, too. I wasn't just writing it for the uh, for the reader. I was writing it for myself. It, it, it helped to identify it and, and solidify it and, and really crystallize that despite the pain, there is space. And there's also hope. You know, thank God I have four adorable, healthy children, rambunctious boys, thank God, and I'm so grateful. And, you know, I, I the, the loss and the pain is part of the human experience, mm-hmm. and it's, it's important for us to learn how to apply spiritual principles, even when things are hard. And that's why I wrote. I wrote to help me apply the spiritual principle, even mm-hmm. when I was going through such a hard time. Was there anything anybody said to you that was very helpful, Sarah Blow? Um, I can't remember something someone said to me as much as what I learned helping me. So reading in print about, you know, how God makes no mistakes. And even if I don't understand why things have to happen, everything is, you know, preordained exactly. And really um, internalizing the concept that God, you know, God is a creator and and he, he doesn't make any mistakes, you know. I think that really comforted me and helped me. And again, you know, when you read the book, you might get this vision of like this idealistic, unrealistic, but it's really the exact opposite. As messy as humans are, there's so much potential for us to overcome it and grow and be really big and be really great. And I, and I think, I believe God appreciates that. God appreciates when our very human selves who struggle with all sorts of challenges. Right? We struggle with bad moods and we struggle with anxiety and we struggle. And, and yet when our psyche can be elevated, right, when our, we can you know, help our fears by believing in God and trusting, I really think that brings God joy. I think it's helpful to us. I think it's, um, it's not unrealistic. It's, it's so beautiful when a messy, real human tries to bring God down to this earth, to bring God into their very human experience. And, and I think God made us. He knows. He knows that we're human, you know. And he so appreciates um, when we can take our very human experiences and elevate them and, and make them holy. Okay. That's that's really wonderful. You, you've written the book, Thought Streams, Meditation for Jewish Women. Mm-hmm. What would you consider it to be or what would it take that you would say, this book is a success? You know, as with everything in life, I believe my job is to do the work and God's job, you know, the results are God's department, which means the success for me is that I did it. I put myself out there, the sweat, the tears, the fundraising, um, and the results are in God's department, and I've already gotten so many heartfelt messages from women 
that it helped them at the right moment. They enjoyed it. They, you know, and this is and this is just the beginning. It was literally just released a few weeks ago. So to me, even even if one person would be inspired, it'd be worth it. But thank God, I've already gotten feedback from multiple people, and I hope that more and more people could pick it up. And I hope that I can hear from more women that this book really touched them and inspired them and elevated them. Wonderful. Okay, that's going to do it for us. Again, our guest today has been Sarah Blau. The book is Thoughts, Dreams, Meditations for Jewish Women. It is an Ezra Press imprint available on Amazon and EzraPress.com. I want to thank you so much, Sarah, and uh, please keep us surprised of your future works. Okay, will do. Nice to be here today. Thanks for having me. Okay, take care. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Jewish Hour. Want assurance of quality and excellence in kosher? Look for the Michigan K on the label. What's it look like? The Lower Peninsula of Michigan with a K. It's the symbol of the Michigan Kosher Supervisors. Go to their website, mycosup.com. That's M-I for Michigan, K-O for kosher, and S-U-P for supervisors, mycosup.com, and find this month's featured products. You'll find Michigan K products wherever fine food is sold, especially at Natural Food Patch on West Nine Mile Road in Ferndale. With the new year approaching, why go anywhere else for your holiday shopping when you can go to the Grove? Fully renovated, the Grove is located on Greenfield Road, just south of 696. At the Grove, you'll find the largest selection of kosher foods and wines in Michigan. Looking for fresh, round holiday challahs, honey cake, or exotic fruit for the new year? The Grove has it. The Grove has the freshest produce, gourmet dairy, deli, and meats. They even have a kosher bakery and hot takeout right on the premises. It's the Grove on Greenfield Road and 696 for all your shopping needs. Hey, Shultzman here. You're listening to the Jewish Hour. We have time for some music right now. The piece we're going to listen to is a piece called Aliyah, which talks about the soul coming down into the body and going back up and doing all kinds of wonderful things while it's here. I suppose that would be a good segue, considering what we were just talking about in meditations. The artist is Bansi Marcus, who is of Eighth Day fame, but is not Eighth Day. It's just listed as Bansi Marcus. So let's listen. Step down to raise up. You gotta step down to raise up. You gotta step down to raise on up. Gotta take that chance, gotta break your stance, gotta fill that void. Ain't got no choice. Gotta head on down the Gotta cast your line out to real one in. Gotta plant and sow before you can watch it grow. You gotta take that chance, gotta break your stance, gotta fill that void, gotta make that choice. Oh, yeah. 
gotta pull back to let that arrow fly. You gotta step to the plate and give it a try. You gotta step down to raise yourself on up. Gotta take that chance, gotta break your stance, gotta fill that void. Ain't got no choice. We all know there's an opiate epidemic, but Advanced Rapid Detox has a solution for people addicted to pain pills, heroin, and dependent on Suboxone and Methadone. Advanced Rapid Detox performs detox under sedation in the hospital. Patients sleep through withdrawals and wake up without cravings. Dr. Julia Aronoff and the staff at Advanced Rapid Detox help people restore their lives and the lives of their families. Addiction affects everyone, even in the Jewish community. And Advanced Rapid Detox is there to help. Call 800-603-1813. That's 800-603-1813. Or visit them online at www.advancedrapiddetox.com. Hey, Shulfinman here. You're listening to The Jewish Hour. The next song we have is a klezmer song. We like to play those in the middle. It's the Passage Klezmer Orchestra, which I believe they're from South America. The song is called Hashel, but I think it's a uh, mispronunciation they didn't hear correctly because I really believe the song is actually called Heschel. So it's about a guy named Hesh. So let's listen. Einer von den Gräusern, wo er ist gekommen, hat er geheißen, stellende Kräuser. Ein Kehl, die Nuss, er hat gekriegen, leiges, weiß er nicht, verwusst. Oi, 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 Haschel, wo gehst du? Haschel, wo stehst du? Haschel, wo bist du mit einer groben Hand? Du hast schon nicht kein Hand, du hast schon nicht kein Wett. Du bist schon nicht immer noch schwenkt, du jetzt mit dem Prozent. Ein 
Some things are better the way they used to be, like the crisp feel of a cool autumn day, the serenity of a baby sleeping, or the feeling of coming home after a long trip. Franklin Cider Mills makes cider the way cider is supposed to be. Its old-fashioned, clear, crisp taste reminds you of a cool autumn day. Located in the heart of historic Franklin Village at 14 Mile and Franklin Road, Franklin Cider Mill has been making cider the same way for over a century. Always fresh, with no additives or preservatives. You just can't buy Franklin Cider in any supermarket. Franklin Cider Mill is open from Labor Day weekend to after Thanksgiving from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Come visit Franklin Cider Mill. It's kind of like coming home. That's right. Franklin Cider Mill is open until the uh, next couple of months. We was, I was there last week. I met Laura Peltz, the uh, daughter of the uh, Jack Peltz, who we had on our show 28 years ago. And we're going to have Laura on next week. We're going to talk about what's new at Franklin Cider. It's a very cool place to go. The cider is wonderful. And as the Fitman kids say, everything else is just juice. we got time for one more song. This is Avi Lison who has uh, been making his mark in the Jewish music world. This song is called Yesh Li Hakol, I've Got Everything. Shetamid <laughs> 
Why go to a hospital to get healthy? At Encompass Healthcare, you get the state-of-the-art wound care like in a hospital. The same medicines, the same everything without being in a hospital. Why put yourself at risk of getting a hospital-borne infection? Did you know that last year, one in six people died in America because of infections they got in hospitals? Encompass Healthcare is an outpatient facility. That means you get your wound care treatment and then go home. There are no wait times at Encompass Healthcare like in ERs. Healthcare is personal and works better, faster, and easier. Encompass Healthcare provides a state-of-the-art outpatient facility close to where you live. Call 248-624-9800. That's 624-9800. Auto accident, workman's comp, and most insurance is accepted. Encompass Healthcare's goal is to get you healthy with as little disturbance to your daily activities. Call 248-624-9800. Here you're listening to the Jewish Hour. This week is the portion of Nitzavim. It is always, always, always read before the holiday of Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is uh, the 25th. It's going to be next Sunday, as a matter of fact. So we read this on the 24th and then the 25th at night is, this is talking of September, so it will be Rosh Hashanah. So we could say then, um, do I have another show before that? No, this is it. So this, I guess we could call this the Rosh Hashanah show. But what's so important about Rosh Hashanah? Why is this, why is this portion always read before Rosh Hashanah? Well, there's lots of reasons. In fact, you could say every single verse has a connection to Rosh Hashanah, something we're supposed to be doing for Rosh Hashanah. There's some standard verses from the beginning that Savim we're standing here at attention, etc. That's fine. In the middle of everything, Moshe's in his final soliloquy. This is the last day of his life. And he says, 
Don't say who's going to go up on the highest mountain and bring it down to us. Don't say who's going to cross the traverse the the, the sea and bring it back to us. Because it's very close to you. Sarah Blau mentioned this title before. Um, it's not it's not something that's out there relating to God. And to be able to do, as it says in the beginning of the Parsha, Nitzavim, to stand at attention on Rosh Hashanah before the King of Kings, who is our Father, the King. Father first, not our, our King, our Father. No, it's our Father, our King. So he's a primarily, foremost. There's the compassion, there's the Rahmanis, as we say. It's not out there. It's in here. There's a cute, very cute one-liner story. This is not my story, but someone approached the fifth Lubavitcher Rebbe when he was five years old, little kid. His name was Shmuel. And said to him, Shmuel, or Shmulek, even maybe you called him, tell me, where's God? And the five-year-old kid said, tell me where he isn't. So it's in, in, in going about life, we have to realize that, yes, this is something you have to put right in front of your face. Car of close, very close, that the Almighty's in our lives, right in front of our noses. You don't have to look down the block. You just have to be able to focus at the end of your nose. And there you're going to see how the Almighty is with you. That's what Moshe is telling us. And that's what we have to do on Rosh Hashanah. On Rosh Hashanah, we're making a dedication of ourselves to the Almighty. It's called a coronation. We're crowning God king again. We've talked about why we have to crown again, why we're doing it again. We did this last Rosh Hashanah. We're not doing that this year. Go listen to a show that's archived on Rabbi Finman. From last year or the year before, I don't even remember when I spoke about it, but we've spoken about it before. The Almighty wants to have the relationship with us. He's primarily, he's the father. It says, you know, a, a kid, so a kid, they take their father, they leave their father, eh, who cares, not a father, you know, but there's nothing that a parent worries about more than their kids. So here it is. We refer to the Almighty as our Father. And so the Almighty is waiting. When? Please, just, just look at the end of your nose. Come back. That's what Rosh Hashanah is all about. It would be at this point that I would say, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Jewish Hour, but... And then we would play The Pledge by Jerry Liebman. Jerry Liebman, Oliver Sholem. Passed away last week, and uh, we our hearts go out to the Liebman family, Mr. Spex Howard of Spex Howard School of Broadcast Arts, or Media Arts, as it later became called. And for 28 years, he was <laughs> he was the one encouraging you to, to send money to the Jewish Hour, so he's not doing that anymore. He's uh, <laughs> sitting down, looking down upon us and saying, when are these people going to give already? That's kind of what it's up to. So as we we mentioned last week that uh, Baruch Hashem, we're current. We just owe for September. 
Uh, we're getting towards the end of September. It's uh, the end of the week is September the 23rd already. So we got two weeks left to pay off September. But if we do pay it off this week, then I don't do this pledge thing. I just go right into longer story. So do that. Now, how do you do that? This is, this is, uh, <laughs> this is the 21st century. So there's a standard way. If you want to write a check, which in the course of the last, let's see, we're in September, since January, I was actually looking at my checkbook this week. So since January, I have written 18 checks. So people aren't writing checks anymore. But if you want to write a check, that's fine. I still have a bank account. I don't even have to go to the bank. I just take a picture of it and I put it right directly into the Jewish Hour checking account. And you can send that to the Jewish Hour, 1725 Pinecrest Drive, Ferndale, Michigan, 48220. You can also now, so what was so 2004, is you go to the website. And at the website, rabbifinman.com, you can go to the donations page. And you click on the donations page. There's different tabs from $18 up to other. And you can put any amount. You can make, it a, make it a monthly amount. That's probably the easiest way if you want to do it monthly. I don't know if you can do it the other ways monthly, but this is it becomes a monthly thing. It's all via PayPal. You sign up, you put your credit card in. If you're a PayPal person, if you have a PayPal account, the whole thing takes 30 seconds without exaggeration. And you could do $5 a month. I have many $5 a month people. That's $60 a year. That's already uh, money. Okay, we get a bunch of those people. If I had 100,000 of those people giving $60, 5 bucks a month, $60 a year, that would be $6 million. I would probably buy a, uh, an island in the Cayman Islands, yes, but that's, <laughs> it's far off. But there's other things. People don't want even want to do that. Well, you could Zell me. Zell me to RH, R for Rabbi, H for like Herschel, Finman, F-I-N-M-A-N, at JewishFerndale.com. If you Zell me at, R, at RH Finman at uh, JewishFerndale.com, then you'll uh, it'll it'll go through too, okay. If you have any problems with it, just contact me at rabbifinman.com and we can help you with that. So um, there's all different ways of doing it, and we need it because you've been listening now for 50 minutes, and you need you've enjoyed it, and uh, we need your help. And it's uh, coming up to Rosh Hashanah. You have to make sure your 10 percent has been given. It's a, we're a 5013C corporation, so it counts as charitable giving for the IRS. You could deduct it from your taxes. All kinds of good things. Do it today. There was, in the times of the Tzemach Tzedek, puts you around 1840s in Russia, there was a businessman who managed to bid on the concession for logging in a certain area, the Smorgon area of the Pale of Settlements. Morgan is located many miles east of Gross Point Farms. It's, a, it's, it's outback country. But they have these little towns that dot the area where Jews lived. And so he, in the wintertime, this is wintertime work because they would fell trees during the wintertime. You have to worry about leaves and they would slide the, these huge trees. You're talking hardwood trees. They would slide them on the snow it was movable, and then he would put them on the rivers that were frozen, that were ice, and they would slide them down the river. They would turn them into rafts. When the uh, rivers melted, they would float them down the uh, the river. So this is this is a person could make a really good living from this. So it happened that this person, whose name is not mentioned, 
was sitting at nighttime. He went to the synagogue. He People would leave their families. He would left his family in the big city, and he went off into the woods someplace over there, and they would leave their families from, say, December to April. So having nothing else to do, there's no television, there's not, it doesn't exist. So he went off to the synagogue, and he sat, and he opened up a book. And there was another older gentleman, older gentleman, he could have been 45, who knows how much older was back then, who was also sitting and learning. And so he, the older gentleman went over to this logger and said, uh, hey, would you like a study partner? He says, what are you learning? He says, I'm learning this. He says, I'm also learning that. Let's learn together. So they started learning. One day, the older gentleman comes in. He's, looks very, he's got up an upset face. He says, what's your problem? So the older guy says, I've been learning Jewish philosophy books, and I have lots of questions. So this student of the Chabad philosophy said, I'm also a student of philosophy. Ask me your questions. So he asked the question, and he answered him. And the guy was so happy that every day it happened, and he would come to me to have another question. Then came Passover, April came, time to go home. So this is the old man was, was destroyed. He said, what's the problem? He says, now I'll have nobody to answer my questions. So the, without even thinking, the logger said, you need to go to Lubavitch, and you need to talk to the Tzemach Tzedek. Go talk to the Rebbe. Okay, that was it. They said goodbye, you know, tears, etc., and off they went, and they celebrated the Passover. Now, the lager dude decided he's going to go to Lubavitch, the city of Lubavitch, for the holiday of Shavuos. And he was walking in the street, and somebody came up to him and slapped him on the back. He turned around startled. It was the old man. He said, what are you doing here? So he said, the, the older man said, you told me to go ask the Rebbe. So he said, well, yeah, what happened? So he said, right after Pesach, I picked myself up, Passover, and I went to the city of Lubavitch, and I requested a private audience with the Tzemach Tzedek, with the Rebbe. And I posed him that I have lots of philosophical questions based on what I'm learning. And I have this question, I have this question, I have this question, the Semach Tzedek said, Abaya and Rava, who are mentioned in the Talmud over 700 times, they're different debates about different things. They had lots of questions, but they didn't have these type of questions. Why should you have these type of questions? And he said, as soon as the Semach Tzedek said it, all my questions had answers. I had no more philosophical questions. They were, they were gone. And since then, I've devoted myself to becoming a chassid of the Tzemach Tzedek. That's going to do it for today. We hope we had a chance to entertain you a bit. We hope we had a chance to educate you a bit. We hope you have a great week. And a v'chassima toiva, l'shana toiva masuka, a happy and a healthy new year. Be written in the Book of Life for a happy and a healthy new year. Take care.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.